Not to uh, get a little bit too big for my bridges, because you might think boys is about Pete and then his sidekick, Josh. But oh, actually... wish. Listeners aren't even laughing at uh, that joke. They're just like, what is that kid even talking about that you would be... Okay. My kid, they mean that guy with the deep, deep baritone and muscles on muscles. Um, I'm Pete. This is Josh. Go um, introduce me. Boys, a Poe Boys production, mm-hmm. um, and what we do here is we cover the Mandalorian and anything that our our buddy Pedro Pascal does. Yes, yes. And speaking of Pedro Boys and Poe Boys and all this stuff, uh, I just gotta say, regular listeners know that we recently switched to a new um, hosting platform, and so we've got um, some new analytics. We're on a number of different um pod catchers now that we weren't in the past and pete the numbers do not lie we have got a new listener at, at least well and so to to you i i guess i want to say i mean again the numbers don't lie comparing the numbers now to the numbers on our old hosting service and looking at the the performance of the last few episodes we definitely got a new listener and so i'm listening in some data yeah for sure yeah, and so i guess i just want to say hello um do you like us and if you do send us an email at podcast at gmail.com yes, do it please. you won't we both you and i listener as well as josh no you will not no but no. for those you new listeners one time somebody wrote us an email and then josh wrote fan fiction so yeah. We will go ridiculous lengths for our fans. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Just do you like us? Write us an, an email. It's very easy. Um, it's very. If you easy. hate us, do not because we are vindictive. And oh, if you hate us, please. We have right. They'll give us something to talk about. For your own sake, do not because oh, yeah, we tend to ramp things up well and it's just it's also unfortunately it's like blessing and a curse type of thing where you know you and i peter Boy, obviously is very level-headed gentlemen but we have such a ravenous fan base that is so quick to defend us even though we are um thick and swole and and we can we're good we're good we can we can handle ourselves but um just the amount of people that care so deeply for our podcast and for what we do and for us as individuals they are so quick to come to our defense that i fear that if someone did send us a negative email and somebody found out it would we we would have to go into like oh just just hyper vigilant mode to make sure that our our fans didn't um react extremely to that basically so that our fans know it's not a mandate to retaliate against yeah, somebody that comes after them because we have to do that with again. the doughboys where you know somebody was threatening to dox them mm-hmm. and we were like listen that's not necessary no. okay no, 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 no. their name has already been tarnished enough because they have not honored the rogue one um character, character contest, contest. 
and their refusal to even acknowledge us, except for that voicemail, um, is proof enough. Is proof enough. So, speaking of ramping up, Josh, if you don't have anything else, um, one thing this podcast is is it is not a news podcast. So, one we... thing this podcast is is it's not a news. And we we don't have our ear to you know the news a lot because we're we're more philosophizers. We we look at the material and yeah, then we talk we're about both real Migs Mayfeld types. Yeah, and I definitely know who that is. And really? when we get into it, you know, the nitty gritty. Who else? We go last name Mayfeld. We go plot by plot and. We're not um, sometimes things fall through the crack. So, what was this Friday, Thursday um, of last week? Um, Disney decided to go insane. Yeah, it was, was like it was pretty wild. I was here's everything we're doing. Yeah, I was. Re- I read the art of the Mandalorian this week, and so I was like, "Oh, this will be nice." Like, I'll have I'll talk about this a little bit at the top of the episode, and then. Thursday morning at like the you know comic booky news sites I I patrol, there was there was started to be articles like, hey, Disney's got this call with investors today. It's probably going to be right. some stuff, and I thought, oh, hmm, like this should be interesting. You know, maybe we'll I don't know get a, a Kenobi release date or something, and then yeah, yeah. What? A, well, you were right, out. I believe, about the Kenobi release date. I think so. Uh, I I have. I mean, I have the I have the website up, so yeah. we'll we'll go through this pretty quickly. Yeah. So, um, people at Disney were like, you know what? Um, we we hear people saying, is Star Wars oversaturated? Is Star Wars dead? And the answer is, we're yes. gonna. And that's why you know, try me. You know, yeah. Had. Try me. So, um, there's ten series connected to Lucasfilm, but they're not all Star Wars. Is that right? Oh, I don't know. I I just I think it was supposed to be 10 Star Wars shows, but I assume that all of them didn't get announced. I think that was just like, this is what we're planning for the near okay. future, is this many. So, I'm just going to go blow by blow. Yeah. I have the StarWars.com if you want to get more information about it. Um, obviously, we're just going to start LLCs for, for when these things come up, mm-hmm. although most of these things... We'll um, still, we'll probably premiere by the time we go to Celebration because Celebration's in like five or seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure, you know, we'll be able to sit down with, you know, Patty Jenkins, for example, and, you know, spill some tea about her um, movie, which is, is it the first movie, the first new Star Wars movie that's coming out? Yep, that's what they're saying. I believe 2023. Interesting. So, so 2023. Star Wars movie. The next Star Wars movie, Patty Jenkins, who did Wonder Woman, um, and yeah, Wonder Woman, you, Monster, um, some episodes of, of Monster TV as well. Yeah, from okay. back in like a long time ago, like early Monster. Uh, Monster Stone. really creeped me out. I was, I it really I was not a huge. I mean, it was it was well done, but I I did not um, well, have not, a good feeling after that. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to. <laughs> um. With that being said, um first female director in star wars very cool feature film yeah yeah um 
Wonder Woman, really good. Um, I'm sure 1984 is going to be pretty good. I haven't seen it yet. On the street. Um, her her movie title is Rogue Squadron. Um, which is really really cool. Has it been announced in what in what timeline it is? Nope, I don't. I don't like. Is it believe it has? So. That's interesting, um, because Rogue Squadron really wasn't named... The only squadron that was named in Episode 7 through 9 was Black Squadron, which was Poe's. Um, Rogue Squadron is... Uh, sorry, is Luke's um, um, squadron. Yeah. That's in... Not in New Hope. No. Um, actually, not in, in not named in any of the movies. They're in Empire. In, in Empire? Okay. They don't say... I'm, I'm not sure if they say Rogue Squadron, but they count off, you know, Rogue 2, Rogue Leader, so on and so forth. At the Battle right. of Hoth. That's Rogue okay, Squadron. Okay, okay. So, in Episode 5, and presumably Wedge is um, Rogue Leader mm-hmm. in the Battle of Endor. Um, but we have no idea what the timeline is. I mean, there's names, so, like, you know, they can be brought back after Episode 9. Um, very, very interesting that this is the first movie announced. Um, any thought? Any thoughts? No, I mean, it certainly came as a surprise to me. I mean, there's just because there's so many rumors going on about like what next Star Wars movies are going to be. And like for a minute there, they were like, oh, Kevin Feige is going to produce a Star Wars movie. You know, famously after Solo came out, they were like, oh, James Mangold is going to direct a Boba Fett movie. This one, I didn't. There was there was no sort of rumor mill about it whatsoever that I ever picked up on or anything. So it was it was pretty surprising. But I I really enjoyed um, Patty Jenkins' video and her kind of talking about her passion for flight and pilots and all that stuff. And you know, and she's her saying, "I want to make the best fighter pilot movie of all time." And I laugh because it's just such a I don't know. It's such a like. Hell yeah, go for it. Like she's really like all in on this. And it's like it's very exciting to see someone um you know not not just be like, oh yes, it's such an honor, like I'm so excited for our stories, but she's like she clearly has a vision for this and a passion for it. And it yeah, it's it's exciting. I mean, which like I said, when she said that, I just laughed because I was like, it's it's going down, like it's on. She threw down the gauntlet and I I believe mm-hmm. her. I think she's going to go for it. And it's it'll be really interesting also because you and I, of course, started this podcast for Star Wars Resistance, which was a show that was very much pitched to us as being about pilots. But and we were really I, excited I, about that, too. And then it, it really never felt that way, though. Like no, it, absolutely it, not. Yeah. And so this I it's it's going to be really yeah i'm i'm very excited for it i think it's got a lot of yeah. potential to do a, like a new look for star wars and like a new perspective um, and two two things before we move to the next one first comment um she's been attached to big projects before so you know mm-hmm. she can go into it this is not a director that you know, did a small film and it's going bigger um like Ryan Johnson although you know we both like last jedi the second thing is, if it's set five years after episode nine, that gives um, Kaz enough time to get fit and swole so that Christopher Sean can be in oh, this movie. 
<laughs> so you know something to look forward to for sure no, i'm, um, I'm so said it, it's gonna be closer to return of the jedi than force awakens in time period that's my guess um let's not guess and let's let's have Too some positive late, vibes I, out there um and you know when my friends of the pot like christopher sean get the nod i can say hey I threw it out there into the galaxy far, far away, and then we were able to get it. like the formative days of the New Republic and new pilots going in. So we'll see. Time will tell. So Peter had to bring such weird energy to that. Second, you were really still upset about that weird (laughs) energy comment like two weeks ago. Second announcement is there's an untitled Taika Waititi film. Which we've known about. Yes, we we have known about. Um... But was just, you know, included in the 10 Star Wars things. So I will say, I guess it is, again, we knew about this. We got zero new information on it. But they brought it up again, which is more than can be said for, than, for instance, Ryan Johnson's trilogy of films that he was supposed to get. They didn't and that was in 2017 that he was supposed to get them. Or that they announced it. Yeah, I mean, they announced them shortly after after Last Jedi, I believe. So no, yeah, no like new information. But reality is, in the Disney era of Star Wars, like if you're not hearing anything about it, it might just be off the off the radar. I mean, we didn't hear anything about the. It was like, oh, the Game of Thrones guys are doing a movie, and then radio silence, and then you know, the next thing you know, oh, never mind. <laughs> so yeah. Um, um and good good that they didn't get it all right still a little (laughs) upset about um that series so the third thing we have obi-wan kenobi um that's being directed by deborah chow which we already knew Mm -hmm. it's set 10 years after revenge of the sith so luke is 10 and then obi-wan is like 70 and that puts it right about the time of solo interesting okay so that's something um, and then the other big thing is that Hayden Christensen is going to be in it. So I assume right. um, some like force vision or um, delusion that D eight that ages um, Ewan McGregor like 50 years. Um, so some some way of doing that, which is cool. Um, I'll, I'll enjoy that. Do they have Kathleen Kennedy's comments on his return? Because she says some stuff that I, I found troubling. They- <laughs> They do not. They do not. She's she is you uses language about like a rematch and stuff, and seems to okay heavily imply that Darth Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi are going to meet again. Um, rematch of the century. Yep, I see yep, it right here. There it is. Yeah, and so that's I I spoke you know, a few weeks ago about reading the most recent volume of the Marvel Star Wars comic book and how a lot of those comic books will qualify things that happen in the movie and make them sort of seem less special. Like in the very, very first issue of the 2015 Marvel Star Wars series, and that's the series that takes place between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, right? First issue of that series, Luke and Darth Vader have a lightsaber fight. So then it's immediately like, oh, so Luke isn't facing him for the first time in Empire Strikes Back. And that changes, like, if you if you plug that into your head canon, it changed a lot of stuff, and it's got some pretty intense implications. And so, to like, to have oh, Obi-Wan and Anakin meet again halfway between when they're, like, I don't know, that seems like such a... I actually, I, I have a different take on it. Mm-hmm. So, 
from New Hope, we know that Obi Ben has been on Tatooine. What we know from episode oh, three, I'm sure he's going to leave Tatooine in that miniseries. Just you wait. Okay, um, but at the end of episode three, you know he takes Luke to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. In between that, in in New Hope, he talks about Darth Vader. So how does somebody like Obi-Wan Kenobi know Darth Vader exists and is a person when he's supposed to be this hermit that talks to nobody? So I think because he watches the hologram in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, the Emperor comes and calls him Vader. Okay. Um that debunked that. All right, next. (laughs) Um number four. Well hold on. So we have to point out we freaking calm down, Pete. That it's gonna be we have an hour and I don't want to I don't want to I want to talk about episodes. the episode more. All right. I want to talk about the episode episodes. more. I, I love talking about Bill Burr so much. Okay, episodes. so let's okay. Oh, it's only six episodes. Yes. Freaking oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go on. No, I mean we still have to get through a bunch of other up things before Bill Burr. Um so um the next one's Ahsoka. Um which there wasn't anything attached to it. Uh, uh, no trailer or anything. It's like a logo. Um, the logo is really cool. I think the O in Ahsoka is the owl s- symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very cool. And, and it ties in with another announcement, which is that Rangers of the New Republic. Yep. And, and so, again, I'm not looking looking gift horse in the mouth, but I will say the two things that I was like, I don't know, was the prospect of an Anakin meeting again before New Hope. And then they talk about it's going to be Ahsoka and Rangers of the New Republic are going to be spinoffs of Mandalorian. They're going to be set like concurrently. And right. then they mentioned the three series crossing over for like a climactic event, mm-hmm. which just sounds like Defenders. I, I, I guess I just wish they would stop trying to be Marvel. <laughs> um, and I, well, I don't know, but it could be, it could be cool. I don't know. I'm sure I, you know, I so I I read this as like um, either one of two things that wow, Dave really just wowed them so much that they gave him his own show. Mm-hmm. So Rangers of the New Republic is the Trapper Wolf show, right? Where um, Dave Filoni is the star. Yes, so that's that's my like, you know, that's how it's going to be. Separately, um, President just call it Wolf. What it could be is the Gina Carena show. And right. it just includes her. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not like, I'll like watch it. I'm not, this is not watch. the thing where I was like, oh, I'm super, super excited about this. Obviously, Ahsoka, I mean, we talked about what our show is yeah. going to be called and we had a little back and forth. This is, you know, the best thing ever. Um, I'm very, very excited for that. Absolutely. Speaking of things I'm lukewarm about, um, Lando mm-hmm. is getting his own show. Yeah, um, they didn't necessarily confirm whether or not it'd be animated or live action. I have to assume it'd be live action, or they would have said animated. Right. Yeah, and we we have a director, um, mm-hmm. or, um, which is Justin or Simeon. At least. Yeah, um, yeah. Justin Simeon, who did Dear White People. Mm-hmm. Um, the show or the movie? Are sure? they separate? Are they two different things, or is it just a show on Netflix? Yeah, the movie was first. Okay, so um, I think this is he did the movie. Um, it, it'll be it'll be interesting if he if they get Donald Glover. Um, right, they haven't confirmed the Lando. I secretly, 
kind of feel like it's going to be both of them. Maybe like a split narrative. Well, yeah, I guess it's like, it'll be super sad when it's like Lando as a dad. So it's like Donald Glover yeah. and you know that the daughter's going to be gone. Or is it Billy D. Williams with, um, why is her name escaping oh, me? Yeah. Jaina. And it's them trying to find it. And then he keeps, you know, looking back and then it goes to Donald Glover. You know, yeah. Is it a comedy? Is it, yeah. you know, is it uh, more of like anguish and going through this, these searches? Because uh, like the one thing that Star Wars is doing with all of this is they're not explaining whatsoever what their vision is. They're just like jumping. No. In seven different directions. Uh, sometimes a little like bit their, their vision is who's available, like what actors are available. <laughs> yeah, it's like, here's a little bit after Rogue One or before Rogue One. Here's a little mm-hmm. bit between episode three and four. Here's a little bit Dads of the Mandalorian because we love it so much. Um, we do finally get... Yeah, yeah go ahead. I was just gonna, you make you make a very good point. Like I think that is a really um, smart takeaway from all of this. Is it? It does sort of seem like what? What's the direction here? It's more just like filling in blanks where they find them, kind of. Like there's no trajectory. It doesn't feel like um, for like the franchise as a whole. Which I mean, you know, it's fine. quality story is a quality story, but because it. It also makes me like when I hear about this Ahsoka thing and the uh, mm-hmm. Rings of the New Republic and watching the Mandalorian this week, um, it almost is starting to feel like the Mandalorian is becoming like a redo of the sequels. I wouldn't like there's that. a world where they don't do the sequels and they're like, no, 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 actually, this is the follow up that you wanted. Like, this is the follow up that the fans wanted. Like, look, Boba Fett, the Empire. Like, I don't know. It's interesting. So, um, continuing on, we have the Cassian Andor show has been named the first time, I believe. Yes. Um, which is Ander. Yes, um, Ander. Mm-hmm. Andor, with a cool rebel sign as the O. Um, Tony mm-hmm. Gilroy is the showrunner who did Rogue One. Yes, I think he did. He came in to Rogue One towards it. There's. Tony Gilroy and there's Henry Gilroy and I get them confused. But yeah, he he was involved with Rogue One. Okay. Sure. Um it did name a bunch of new cast members, which I feel like all these people Oh, did it? I missed that. Yeah. It's Stellan Skarsgard, Adria Arjano, Fiona Shaw, Denise Go, Kyle Soller, and Geneva O'Reilly. Of those people's names, I only know Stellan Skarsgard. Um, I'm sure I would recognize the rest of their names if I Genevieve took the time O'Reilly to Google Mon them. Mothma in Rogue One. Um, who was that? Genevieve Riley. She's Mon Mothma. Um, Genevieve Riley. In Rogue One. Okay. You know what? I'm not gonna. This is this is bad potting. I'm not. I'm not gonna just Google all these people. Yep. We'll talk about it at some point. Um, very very cool. There is a sizzle reel which just talks about how big it is. I don't believe they're using the volume based on how they're producing this but um i mean it's gonna be it's it's very cool i did they announce a date for this 2022 12 episodes that's that's crazy that's really cool most important news from this not that i was ever concerned but the sizzle reel does confirm that diego luna is still so so handsome yeah he can get it 
Um, Those cheekbones. And that's about as far as the Safe Work podcast is going to go. So um, (laughs) we finally have a show for um, Leslie Hedlund, who is the Mm -hmm. creator of Russian Doll. And it was announced that she had a show, what, a year or two ago? Mm-hmm. And we have this is this is, like this is a very interesting right one. Um, her show is yes. called The Acolyte, and it takes mm-hmm. um, place um, in the final days of the High Republic era, and it's about shadowy secrets and emerging dark side power. So it's presumably about the dark side in this series. What do you take the end of the High Republic to be? The fi- It's not the end. It's the final. Well, I guess the final days of the High Republic. Um, this makes because I guess the book reading so much more important now. Um, and right, but so is it the end of that era? And because then, then what era is the prequels in? I thought that was still the Republic, but I guess it's not the High Republic. The, Maybe that's the Low Republic. The High, I don't know. The High Republic is the book series. Well, I mean, you know, it's the book series that there's those like right. twenty authors and all their mothers are writing about. So this is really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about how there might be a video game or a movie. It looks like the first mm-hmm. shot outside of the books. And we haven't really talked about them that much. I don't even know when they're coming out. Um January fifth, I think, is the first one. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, and then they just announced the second one, but I don't remember when it's coming out. Okay. So this is really cool. Um I haven't seen Russian doll, but I me neither. Heard great things. Um, yeah. Then we have Bad Batch. Uh, yep. Full trailer for that. Full trailer for, for Bad Batch. It looks like they're part of the Empire, at least at the start. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was more like a bounty hunter show. Um, the only name character connected to the larger series that we see in the trailer is Mo- Moff Tarkin, um, who's very impressed I with that. I think them. we see Fennec there. Oh, we do? I'm pretty sure that helmet. Okay, sons her abs of steel, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. then we have visions, which is I'm pretty excited about. Yep, not interested. Next. Um, so we'll talk about that at um, when it's a Pete episode, and then lastly is a droid story, which I am also not yeah, interested whatever. in. So I don't know how many that right, is. So... Um, but very cool. Notable, yeah, yep. the Kevin Feige movie not named, the Ryan Johnson mm-hmm. trilogy not named. Not a and word. I, be- I believe that's the only other stuff that had been hinted. Mm-hmm. Um, as, yeah, as far as I can remember, but yeah, so I tend to take all that stuff with a grain of salt these days. So we have now on to the Marvel news about died. Um, we we're gonna go through that on this show, but I did essentially overdose on on news that day. Yeah, I the only thing I know that's non Star Wars related is something about John Mulaney and Andy Samberg and Chippendale. Um, that's mm-hmm. the only thing I've heard. Um, and I, I all you need to know is Christian Bale is gonna be Gore the God Butcher, and you just you really don't need anything else, folks. It's gonna be a doozy. Yeah, Gore the God Butchers. Um, very, yep. very, very cool. So two years from now, you're going to be like, Oh wow, Josh, you're so right. And here's, here's the worst part about Star Wars right now. Listeners. I took is, so many notes for this episode and we are going to get to none of them. So here's, here's the worst part about this listeners with all this news. And then we can get into the episode, um, and talk about how great Bill Burr is, um, mm-hmm. is, all of these things are going to be stacked on each other, 
and we're going to go like seven months with no Star Wars news. So we're just going to be like powering through filler episodes like or or because we no longer pay to host our podcast. So hear me out. If there is nothing coming up that week, we could just do nothing and it would be fine. Guest listeners and guest podcast hosts. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that. I mean, no, it is, no, it is Pedro boys and, you know, Pete. No episode. Pedro. So it is a natural, you know, even though the Mandalorian will be done, it's how I can justify having those different shakers and movers and Star Wars. And maybe we can finally fit the Christopher Sean interview in. Yes. Um, maybe it doesn't have to be week to week. So with that being the case, um, this we're going to cover um, in true Poe boy fashion, Pedro boy fashion. Um, it t- took us almost 30 minutes to get to what this episode is going to be titled. Um, covering mm-hmm. chapter 15? No, yes, 15? Yes. Chapter 15. And so I... Um, True Believer, which makes... The Believer. The Believer, the believer. still makes no sense. Um, I, yeah. Um, so I have a new game I play when watching The Mandalorian. Because, again, on... Like, last week in particular, it, it became a thing where, you know, you don't see the chapter title, you just see the number. And then last week, it shows up and it's The Tragedy. So this week, uh, as the chapter came up, I just started screaming guesses at the screen. And this is going to be my new game for Mandalorian. Because, again, they don't tell you the name of the episode until you watch the episode. And so I just screamed, like, the rescue, the, the breakout, the capture. Is the true believer. Ne- or the, the believer. Never, never in my life would I have guessed that that would be this week's episode. Title. And a lot of um, music, people say, is to... Um get you in an emotional state and get you prepared for something. And boy, did the score this week have me be a believer, a believer of what I never ended up finding out, but Ludwig Gordon's score um, this week was so good and had me so revved up. And then it had me believe that I like Bill Burr as an actor. Yeah. And that I think Bill Burr is as a deep character that I wouldn't mind seeing again. So, too, I think too much. Let's not get too overboard. I would too much of a good thing, but it. I'm I'm shocked, Pete. I am shocked. I joked last week that they had to bring Boba Fett back from the dead last week in order to slide Mayfeld coming back under the radar. It's like, well, we gotta bring Mayfeld back. So here's Boba Fett. I mean, I just keep thinking of to me like that whole scene in chapter six last year where it's just Mayfeld and his cronies just like bullying Mandalorian. It's just it's infuriating. Like it's not entertaining to watch. It's like, I don't know. It's just like snotty little horrible it was just bad jokes too. Like bully friends. Oh, I'm not a stormtrooper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. But lo and behold, I mean. This is this is the most philosophical, perhaps, thing episode of this show I think has gotten, and it, I don't know. Clearly, Rick Fumiwa has a thing for Bill Burr because it was his episode last year that he wrote and direct, directed, where Mayfield was introduced, and then he wrote and directed this episode. I think he wanted a second try so, at it because he was like, "All right, yeah, <laughs> let me see if I can do the unthinkable and make Bill Burr a good character 
and people want to root for him. And listen, mm. get that guy an Emmy because boy, <laughs> boy did he. Um, yeah, and I think it also helps that they, I think they knew going into this, okay, we have to cast somebody and some character that will be a lightning rod to all of the viewers ire and just blind them to even the faintest memory of how much they disliked Mayfeld last year. And with that Imperial guy, Hess, boy, did they just utterly knock it out of the park. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, a hundred percent. Wow. I hate that guy. I'm sure the actor's a lovely man. That character. Oh my gosh. Great casting. Yeah. Yeah. They really, it really knocked it out of the park in terms of, really drawing every ounce of vitriol I had out of me. <laughs> you like, shoot Lord. him. Shoot him. Pretty much. But more on that later. Um, yeah, what a what what an app. I liked the where we meet Bill Burr. Last week I talked about like after seeing the Disney Gallery Mandalorian thing and kind of learning more about the volume. When I see sets now, on the Mandalorian in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, how do they make this work in the volume? There's certain sets that's like, oh yeah, this is the volume for sure. And I think that opening on that prison planet was like very much in the volume. Um, I mean, it still, it, it looked fine again. Like if I didn't know what the volume was, I'd have no idea. I would just, assume, but I was really curious uh, with the volume when they drive through the village and if that's how they mm-hmm. were using it. Um, the one thing I'm interested about is, um, if that planet that they went to, um, if that is mm-hmm. the first time that planet's been named or not, because in the Alphabet Squadron series, um, they go into like where all the Imperials go when they get captured, and how mm-hmm. Imperials defect, and then they do different like things. Like the main character in the Alphabet Squadron is a defector and a Tie Fighter pilot that becomes an X Wing pilot. Um, mm. and it really reminded me of that because the, the, the book goes deep into these like functional prison camps. Like this is a labor camp, um, which mm-hmm. really does point to Bill Burr's comment of, you know, there are bad people on both sides because he is an indentured servant. He is not getting compensated mm. for whatever the hell he's doing. And there's mm. no humanity to it because a literal droid is like you have three seconds before I zap you. So his humanity has been taken from him, and yet he still is smiling. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was interesting. I it was it's interesting you mentioned like where the Imperials go and stuff. I think uh, some of the like blue sky phase of development that they talk about, and I think the Art of Force Awakens book was the idea, I guess, of an Imperial Rim and of what became the First Order. But I think it's J.J. Abrams talking about how they would refer back to Nazis fleeing to South America after World War II and holding up there. In fact, friend of the show, Poe Dameron, Oscar Isaac, I believe, starred in a film about that um, that we spoke about briefly. Yeah, he was really good. I don't remember what it was called. Uh, True story, too. And the whole, I mean, right, right. And this had that kind of vibe, like the the locale here. It wasn't like the rainforest or anything, but I could feel like a sort of like South American foreign country, like flee away from the war you lost type vibe. It also gave off vibes with truck and 
oh, thank goodness, another element, Rhydomonium or whatever it's called. Don't know why it couldn't have just been the other dumb element from Solo. No big deal. Um, um, it is um, Operation Finale. Who? He was in. What? Who? Yeah, oh, Operation movie. Finale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyone out there who has seen uh, Wages of Fear or Sorcerer, I'm sure they were probably getting some flashbacks to those movies to the point where at a certain point I was just like, oh, they're doing this again, where they just do a one-for-one version of a movie and they're just doing Sorcerer. It did not end up being that. Though, I guarantee you the the Wages of Fear and Sorcerer were, were uh, inspirations or, or referenced for the making of this, but yeah. I mean, we, we know 100% Josh, what he did. And he took the train scene from Rogue One and was like, what if it was in the forest? And what if it was a what was a like a a transport truck instead of a train. The train scene. From Sorry. Rogue yeah, from one. not Rogue One. Um, from Solo. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I also speaking of the volume, I got it. I want to. I I have to imagine they had like the top of the train, and then put that like in front of the volume and made the volume like forest speeding by. And I also have to imagine if you're like Pedro Pascal or whatever, standing there with it going by, it'd be like that feeling. Like if I pull into a parking spot and I'm parked, but then the car next to me is backing out and it makes me visually for a minute. My brain is like, wait, my car is moving forward. I have to imagine it'd be quite a trip to be if, if that is indeed how they ended up doing that. That must have been my guess is that's also not Pedro Pascal. For, uh, the old inner ear. No. <laughs> No, I mean I'm not not an insult to him, but remember he got snubbed from an Emmy last year because of all the different Mando actors that are in it. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's my guess is that it was. Yeah, I it could it could easily be the volume. Um, but the volume's supposed to be on top, so. Um. Hmm. There's LED screens on top of the volume. So it's supposed to be almost right. um, all all around, um, but yeah, who knows? I mean, I I thought it was really well done. Um, it it didn't make a ton a ton of sense that they go through the village and they're all humans, and then all the pirates are like a new set of pirates that have never been named. Like you know, uh, there's no weakways available. That's a good point. Right. That's a good point. What does that mean? Because so much of this is, and like you talk about Bill Burr's character, Mayfeld being imprisoned and, and humanity and morality of it all, and watching it again right before we recorded this, like, they're doing a bad thing in that train heist, presumably. Presumably those, I mean, they call them pirates, and like you said, the people they refer to as natives are human, so maybe they're not native, but I mean, it sort of seems like they probably are right and then they're trying to i mean i guess maybe they maybe that was the point of them saying pirates maybe i should take it at their word and they are pirates but you know they're killing people for the empire like they're killing people um and and they're also stealing the resources of this planet which is exactly what the woman that ahsoka battles with two weeks ago is doing you know, they're strip mining the planet for its resources and they're aiding them in that. So like, and all the while 
while they're doing that are talking morality. So it's, I don't know. There's a lot to wrap my head around. I'm still, I'm thinking about this episode in a way that I haven't thought about previous episodes of Mandalorian. I got to really give a big shout out to Eric Fumiwa, who one day I will be more confident pronouncing his last name, but he, he really has got me thinking with this one. And they also introduced a dumb element and we're not even talking about it. Oh, I already talked about it a little bit, but yeah, like what? Coaxium. Why can't it have just been coaxium? But yeah, or, you know, uh, helium, mycelium, cool bibelium, you know, whatever. Uh, oh, bibelium. Bibelium would have been so good. But very, you know, very cool um, fight scene. Um, seeing Mando, you know, clearly rely on his armor, um, but still enough of a badass to basically make a bunch of people orphans um you know kills (laughs) so many people um Mm -hmm. the going in as conquerors was pretty cool um Mm -hmm. that whole interaction was really really cool um let's let's talk about this let's talk about this um because we have so little time to talk about this um when we have 20 minutes din is it jen or den I, i know that we mock it when Jin, Din. I'm pretty sure it's Din. I'm pretty sure it's Din. Din, Din Jarek. Jarek. Um, so. When Din gets scanned, so like, does that mean oh, that man. he's part of the Empire or he just doesn't have a connection? This was like Force or Last Jedi level. They can't get away from us, but we can't catch them type of just written to death logic. Where as much as I really appreciated the philosophies in this episode or the discussion of philosophy in this episode, this was all, okay, they are like, wait, the second you go through there, they're going to have your gene code. If it shows up in any sort of New Republic register, they're going to catch you. So I'm, of course, thinking, you mean like a New Republic register, like verbatim what they looked Bill Burr up in at the end of last week's episode where he goes to Carradine's office and they look him up in a register for the new republic but i guess not and then yeah so it was like if it scans your face and it recognizes you you're in trouble but if it scans your face and it has no idea who you are it'll give you valuable i'll see here's i actually read it into it a little deeper and i was doing my own head cannon of we know that mando was part of um the watch death watch and then mm-hmm. is death watch attached to maul and the empire like is is that part of gar saxon or is that not and it actually had me think he was a member of the stormtrooper corps um and then you know went back to being a mandalorian or you know infiltrated or maybe he had some connection to it Mm. Um, that's my guess, but I think it's probably just poorly written. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems to me like they just needed a way, like they had what they wanted to get to, which is him unmasking for Mayfeld. Uh, and I'm sure there was, I have to think there's a more eloquent, eloquent way of doing it, but I'm sure he's also a far better writer than I, and I, you know... It, the 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 end result was was probably worth whatever contrivance is, but it confused me yeah. greatly. Um, uh, like it could have literally just even yeah, I don't know, whatever. No oh, time for that. But yeah, 
yeah. The Din um, Mayfield, you know, uh, villain dialogue, really good. We know that Mm -hmm. Mayfield basically defected um, from the Empire because of Operation Cinder and the specific operation or the planet that he was on. um, Burning calm. Yeah, I... I, maybe that's from Battlefield. Um, it's not. Apparently from like Uprising or something, which is like a mobile game, which is like, oh, good. Please shine a light on that. Yeah, so um, his, that commander um, basically sends five or 10,000 stormtroopers to die, and then, you know, mm-hmm. Bill Burr in Bill Burr fashion, you know, is basically being a specious and a xenophobe talking about the poor mud people and they were just trying to defend themselves. Um, and we, we ignore all of it just because of just the shock of him defending Din and going through this whole thing when Din is like <laughs> being extremely, extremely vulnerable. Like he gives up his code in order to get Grogu back, um, which is, um, right. I didn't think it was as powerful until that moment of when Mayfield blows away um, the commander and then he looks away from Din and is like, I never saw your mask. I never saw you. You, know, you did what you had to do. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. And it, I mean, they, it seemed to me like they, I love that they several, at least once during that train fight, they were like, oh, his helmet's going to come off. Like they set it up. I think twice at least during that fight. Once when his armor starts to shatter, it was like, oh, the helmet's going to shatter. And then once he's like being grabbed almost off the train by the helmet, and I was like, oh, that helmet's coming off. But really early on, Bill Burr points out after he changes into the Stormtrooper the tank driver armor, like he points out that it smells, and he says, what is it? You can't take your helmet off or you can't show your face because they're different. And, you know, if it's you can't take your helmet off, then you've already, he's already broken his code. And this, it's crazy to me that Bill Burr is delivering the type of narrative function that I really expected Ahsoka might. Because I talked about, you know, you meet, he meets Bo-Katan. He's reminded, like, oh, you guys are cultists. Mandalorians take their helmets off like regular people. You're, like, a weird extremist. Uh-huh. And then Ahsoka, you know, walking away from the Jedi Order, I thought, oh, this is a character who can provide him with that sort of example of you know i was also a part of a very rigid structure and i walked away from it and you're being challenged your ideology is being challenged and you can question it and you can walk away with it she never even says about jedi it doesn't come up with her and then i think oh here comes boba fett he's saying i my dad was a foundling i'm from the same culture as you i am taking my helmet off maybe he will provide some nope Bilber Mayfeld coming in with a context of, you know, people are people and we're individuals and, you know, we exist in a broader universe and this and all that stuff. Crazy to me. But this is, I mean, this is the journey he seems to be on this season is, um, I don't know, like, what good is your, is your belief if it can't help the ones you love and, and things like that. And it's also kind of a big part of, the whole monomyth and Joseph Campbell and you get in all that and you have like the call to adventure and the, the passing the threshold, which is like where you leave your ordinary world behind. And for Mando, 
you know, we don't really have a sense of what planet he's from, but to him, the, the ordinary world for Mando is that helmet. That helmet represents his ordinary world and the status quo and him stepping away from it. Him getting, you know, that's a big threshold for him. That's a big, and, and the idea, you know, I've heard it said that questioning your beliefs is part of your beliefs or like belief systems have built into them that they are questioned, that you step away from them, you return to them. I don't know. It's not my quote. I don't know who said it, but it's fascinating. It's very fascinating. Well, it also just shows you the connection that he has to Grogu is that, you know, we've seen Mm -hmm. the two of them for 14 episodes at this point, and that is his home. That, you know, when he says at the end to... um, to Gideon, you know, says the line right back back to him is you have no idea how much yeah. he means to me. He and how um mm-hmm. not valuable, but just, you know, the lengths that I'll go to, blah blah blah. Um, you really believe it, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and just watching, you know, and watching everything that's happened and the squad that he's got he's gotten, what was a mandate from his coven covert Kovan or whatever um is now mm-hmm. his his identity in his home it's um the, atta- that, it's the attachment that disqualified grogu from going to ahsoka is also both mm-hmm. ways so it's not just grogu's connection to din it's also din's connection to grogu yeah, and it's also, I mean, that just brings into the full also just like this idea, and obviously I think we can both agree at this point, he's moved on and this is not just about a mandate anymore. Like, he just, he cares yeah, about Grogu. 100%. Like, at this point, everyone is just calling Grogu his kid. But it's interesting that he is he's he's betraying this code, but it's also the code that on paper, at least, on face value, is compelling him to do this. Like, you could, like, what his code fails here because it's telling right. him two different things. Like his code is telling him reunite Grogu with his kind, and his code is telling him do not take your helmet off. So when it comes down to I take my helmet off so I can find Grogu, or I don't take my helmet off and I don't find Grogu, that code collapses. His creed collapses without Bill Burr. I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with Mayfield, but yeah, it's I don't know. Look, Rick really nailed it. He did a good job on this one. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. I it's just so thought provoking for me. I don't, well, I I, I, I I really in a million years never would have thought Mayfeld would have been the impetus for this. And I, you know, I said this last week. Of I hope this the the breaking out of Mayfeld would take like less than five minutes, and that we would really get moving along, so that we could see yep. Moff Gideon. And getting Mayfeld mm-hmm. was thirty seconds, maybe forty five. Um. Yep. And I mean, it was mm-hmm. I would have wished it would have moved along a little bit faster. But what I saw was extremely compelling. And I am hopeful that um, chapter 16 is like an hour. Um, that'd be really cool. Better be. I, 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 yeah. Whenever you whenever you yeah. do an ultimatum of like it better be um, it, it's never that. So I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to say that. Um, quick hits as we hit our hour, um, minimum, our hour maximum with our, our podcasting slave one. Um, we get to see the movement inside of that, um, Mm -hmm. which very, very cool. I don't very gyro. Did you have that Lego set? Okay. 
Mm-hmm. And I take it that that's a new an added nuance from the Lego set. Oh, I mean for sure, but the Lego set interior is is very rarely matching the exterior because they're yeah, not like so, the scale or anything. Um, very... um, we also get them doing the depth chart. Oh my gosh! Um, very so that nice. that part I was like, um, <laughs> I, I I screamed a little bit. Um, I was very I was very very sure. excited about that. Bob is clean armor though. Shows up. He's got clean it, armor it, now. Oh, I love it. I, I I have I he's I think it looks fake to me. It looks like a um costume. no, I it, it feels like he's to he's me. I don't the I, armor I belongs with him now. Whereas the first time we see Boba it belonged with him in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It wasn't clean well, then. I mean, he's also on Tatooine where people get aged by 40 years. Now. So when you get him off a planet that isn't Tatooine, it looks a little bit better. Yeah. But also, yeah. like, presumably that's all he's been doing because, like, he's just been yearning for that armor for, like, six years. So I I, I, I thought I was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that we only saw him fly and then we got the Sea Slave 1 um, let out the... Is very much last week. Last week's episode was very much like Boba Fett, the action figure, which was announced before Empire Strikes Back came out. And everybody was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And like last week was definitely Boba Fett, the action figure. And then this week was definitely like Boba Fett and Empire Strikes Back, where they don't say his name. And I think he has one line and he doesn't ever. Do I'll, I'll add it's also reminding people that episode two had its moments and the asteroid field with Slave One was. Yes, one of the best parts of that uh, of that movie. Yeah. So look, we're we're cutting it close. I have a point I want to make sure I make before we wrap, and that is we talk about the episode being the believer, and like who is it? Who is it referring to? And yada yada. And Chris, my girlfriend, was like, "Oh, they named a whole episode after that one stupid, horrible imperial guy that they killed." Uh, but I think, you know, people also think Bill Burr or whatever. I've been thinking on it. I feel like the believer is like a concept and it looks like a spectrum. And on that spectrum of the characteristic of being a believer, you have that Hess guy, the Imperial, who is just like, you know what? I've done terrible things, but I'm, I justify them based on this creed, based on this code. And then you have your Mando, who has a creed and has a code and is questioning it. And then you have Mayfeld, who has moved beyond what his allegiance was because it has failed him. And then, but you also have, you know, you have to imagine there's a version of Mayfeld who has that same experience and doubles down on it because when faced with horror, sometimes you find comfort in that kind of thing. And so you could, you could argue that it, it is like a circle perhaps. And that, you know, there's a Mayfeld that goes and becomes like Hess. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think all three of those men, are, are the believer in a certain sense. And I don't know. It's fascinating to me. Very provocative episode. I would have renamed it Heist, um, but that's just kind of me. Um, <laughs> I would have renamed it Train, train Friends. Friends. Okay. And that's why we're not in... Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a truck. It was a truck. And that's not why we're not in the truck and, naming bikes. business. That transport, is that transport from episode three... No, it's it's very evocative uh, of the clone turbo tank, which we see reutilized as a prison transport in Rogue One. But it's that's not the right. Clone turbo oh tank. my gosh, I can I completely forgot about that from Rogue One. 
Great Lego so, set. So um, we have one episode left. Um, Mando now has. Um, oh wait, are you out of stuff? To say? Oh yeah. Um, why don't we? We'll end with what you have to say. I'm good. Okay. Well, I just um, we get a fairly big drop here where Mayfeld says people from Alderaan believe one thing, people from Mandalore believe another thing. But guess what? Neither of them are here anymore. So does that mean Mandalore has been destroyed? All we hear of Mandalore is that the place is nothing but death or whatever. Here we have Mayfeld saying it's not there. What the heck? Well, I mean, Operation Cinder is like very broad and is a plot device that Star Wars has used like 17 times already. So I'm sure we'll get more information. From the Bo-Katan episode, it makes it seem like it still exists and that it's something to be. But they say that it's like a place of death or something, or everything that goes there dies. So it that's could also be ruined. It what they talk like about Mandalore um, in other series, right? That it's all these domes because nothing's growing outside of outside of it. So yeah, you know that it can be a reference to that and the that's fact true. that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, there's those wars and people got wiped out. So. Um, I think he's yeah. just being rude. <laughs> and, and speaking of, as much as Mayfeld character ended up working for me in this episode, he had a very weird dynamic with Cara Dune where he kept making jokes about like, oh, you're like explosive or like, oh, what a grump you are. Oh, blah, blah. but it's like, but she's not like none of that makes all she said was like, okay, come on. Like, but she's not any of those things. Or if she is, she didn't display those characteristics to you. It felt weird. It didn't work for me. It was strange. Uh, I also think I really enjoyed Kara and Fennec working together. Uh, I think a lot of times I tend to sometimes think in terms of comic conventions. Like I have to imagine 20 years ago to be a female cosplayer at a Star Wars convention, you really have to go into like the expanded universe and like, like what? Because what's it going to be? You're going to be like Mon Mothma, Amplified, Slave Leia. I mean, that's what. Of Princess what it, Leia. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so to see now like all the rays and the gins, and then just in this episode to see these two women who are looking like super badass and distinctly different characters and uh different backgrounds within the show and i can i can see them each speaking to an entirely different type of star wars fan um and it's it's very promising i mean as backwards as some star wars stuff still is and as much as representation is still you know john boyega would be the first to tell you uh lacking from some of their stuff the move is definitely i think i hope i mean you know, cis straight white guy here, but who knows going in the right direction, it seems like. Um, and I just, I don't know. I thought it was really cool to have those two characters together, and yeah, it was nice. It was nice. Even if they didn't really talk or do anything but shoot sniper rifles, but you know, sniper rifles are cool. Um, and then when Mayfeld mentions, oh, 45 seconds! That, uh, the pressure went off on his ship and that's why he can't hear anything and he says something about Tanab and that's where the Battle of Tanab and that's what Lando says in Return of the Jedi. Oh, must have heard about my maneuver in the Battle of Tanab. What a small world. Podcast at gmail.com at Podcast. 
Later.